Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about building an SEO agency, how you can uh, start your company. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Nathan Goch. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's a big pleasure. Big pleasure. I check out your profile. I found your content online. I've learned from you. Can you share more about your experience, background, and why you decided to... Uh, take this niche, you know, very competitive niche, by the way. And yeah, uh, where we need to learn a lot, you know, uh, to develop our skills. Uh, I think it's probably every single week. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually kind of just stumbled into it, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I was a senior in college, this is back in 2011. And uh, like, like many people do, you're looking for ways to make money online. Uh, so I'm Googling stuff and I'm doing all kinds of, you know, let's say some sketchy stuff. I was doing paid surveys. I was, uh, you know, writing college papers, like doing things that I was really just, you know, trying to do anything I could to make money. Uh, and then I stumbled upon this, this program and it told me that, you know, one of the best ways to make money online at the time was to start a blog. Uh, and so what I did is I, I started a blog on the only topic that I had any experience on at the time, which was baseball pitching. Uh, cause I was, you know, a pitcher in college and so I was like, well, this is really all that I know. Uh, so I'm just going to start a blog on this. And, uh, you know, months went by. I was publishing all kinds of content, doing all this stuff that it was telling me to do. And I was getting no traffic at all. And I was like, oh, man, this is not going exactly how I thought it was going to go. Uh, so then I started, you know, went right back to Google once again. And, uh, you know, eventually stumbled upon SEO, this concept of SEO. And then I just... I just went crazy with it on this blog, uh, eventually started growing the traffic uh, and even eventually started getting affiliate commissions and all that good stuff that comes with that. Uh, and that was just life changing for me. Uh, and obviously making money was awesome, but really what I had discovered was like, whoa, like I could learn this skill and be able to grow a website like at will. Uh, and so then I started creating, you know, niche site after niche site. I started, I created an undercounter ice maker reviews, uh, TRX reviews, Bowflex reviews, like I was going crazy creating all these sites. Um, and it wasn't even like, yes, I wanted to make money, but really my like underlying intention was to just learn this skill of SEO and, and really uh, master it as much as I could, because my long-term goal was to be able to do it for businesses, you know, leading up to the agency. So then in probably 2012, actually uh, 2013, I had my first client. Uh, I landed that client um, on Craigslist. So I was just responding to Craigslist ads and I eventually found this guy uh, and he paid me a hundred dollars per month to do SEO. And I, I was working probably like 40 hours a week on this campaign for like a hundred bucks. Uh, and it was just insanity. Um, and, but it, it really taught me a lot. And then I realized like, okay, well, I clearly cannot work for a hundred dollars per month. That's not really going to help uh, me get anywhere. So then I, you know, increased the prices and then uh, I stayed, you know, I kept attacking on Craigslist. I started responding to Quora, uh, you know, responding, answering there. Uh, and then I started, you know, gotchaseo.com where I started just sharing case studies and I eventually ranked for, you know, St. Louis SEO company and Santa Monica SEO company and all these things. Uh, and then eventually uh, I was getting enough leads, uh, inbound leads that I didn't need to do Craigslist anymore. Uh, or any of these kind of, let's say, outbound methods. 
Uh, and so, you know, that's kind of the story. I, I built it up uh, within six months. I went from, you know, zero dollars, 40 K, you know, it's $40,000 in debt from college and a, a car that I bought at the time. Um, I had a $500 credit card limit. So that was my, my funding for my business, uh, max that bad boy out. Uh, and then I got to, I think I got to like $18,000 per month within about like six months or so. Uh, and then from there, it was just, you know, it, it's been great. Uh, now, you know, not only do I do, I still do the client side, I still do agency work, but also now I have, you know, the training side of my business as well, which is Gotcha SEO Academy, where I basically just teach people what I did. Uh, and that's basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Love your experience. You know, I, I have something similar because my uh, education is uh, in the financial field. And uh, I started my first company uh, in Ukraine. And in 2008, the world crisis destroyed this company. <laughs> so right. I decided to find another way. And I found uh, an online shop. I started and that was hard for me to find uh, an SEO specialist who can help me to get this traffic. I wasted two years, you know, to find them, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a lot of money, resources, but I couldn't get any results. So, um, yeah, that was the main reason why I started to learn myself. Yeah. Right. And um, in some time, uh, yeah, I probably, uh, yeah, I, I got the first client from my friends uh, who uh, analyzed my website and told me, oh, yeah, you have traffic. I want to get the same traffic so uh yeah and um, my first client was my friend and then um yeah uh, the second client uh, i got uh, for 200 dollars yeah uh, i spent uh the whole month for 200 dollars because my friend paid me a lot more but uh, the second yeah uh, i found uh, on freelance websites uh, and you know for me it's more uh, crucial when you start to think about experience not about money about right. something like this yeah when you have experience when you have portfolio when you have uh, what to share with others yeah can, you can go ahead yeah absolutely love. yeah I, I agree with that 100 yeah love your story. okay uh can you tell uh how to find uh the first client you used craigslist uh yeah. do you know uh, other ways uh and where i need to pay more attention because today uh most customers want to get value first uh what to do for, for example uh, when i got my second client i spent probably a few days uh, to provide free consultancy to share right. everything because I, I couldn't share my portfolio. I couldn't share anything, you know, just to uh, show my skills uh, from your experience, how to start when you have no portfolio, uh, if you start from scratch. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> what I did back then is not probably what I would do today because things mm -hmm. have changed. I mean, Craigslist is a, it, Sure, you might be able to you know capture a few there, but for the most part, it's a pretty outdated method for for getting SEO clients. Honestly, if I was starting today, I would definitely start on Upwork. That would be like where I would live. I would try to build up my portfolio there and just use Upwork initially to build up that portfolio, like we talked about, uh, mm -hmm. because that portfolio is the most critical part for your long term success. So, for me personally, it's not necessarily about like because. There's plenty of opportunity on Upwork, right? But the the way that you're going to make a difference is you have to kind of, you know, for a lack of a better word, you kind of have to eat dirt for a little bit. You kind of have to you have to kind of take on these these campaigns that are maybe below what you think is appropriate, uh, because the goal isn't necessarily to make loads of money in the beginning. The goal is to build a portfolio, which then allows you to snowball into higher paying clients. Uh, and so. For me, if I was starting today, I would definitely do that. And then secondly, on top of Upwork, I'd also be building out my own 
agency site and trying to rank for, and this is just from my experience. And this is how I, you know, I, I got a lot of my clients was ranking for these geo-targeted pages. And I know there's a lot of debate out there. Some people say, oh, let me SEO search that. That is not true because I've gotten direct attribution from people who have come through those pages. Uh, and so it does work. And what I would recommend doing is not trying to target like a large city. Like if you live in Chicago, I wouldn't target Chicago SEO company right away. That's a dangerous move. But what I would do is target one of the surrounding areas that may have, you know, may have much lower volume, but still you can actually get some quick wins there. So like in St. Louis, uh, you know, anyone that searches anything related to SEO companies in St. Louis, you're going to find Gotcha SEO. So if you search St. Louis SEO or you search Chesterfield SEO or Baldwin SEO, you're going to find, you know, my pages, my landing page that I built out. Uh, because what I recommend doing is starting at those kind of lower competition, you know, cities and then working your way up to the larger one once you built more authority. Uh, so that's what I would personally do is start with Upwork. Uh, now, as far as like, how you actually close the clients. So let's say you get some leads in, okay? You get some good leads from Upwork. What's kind of like the next step? Well, I think for most people in the beginning, the best thing to do is focus on some sort of front end offer instead of trying to sell the big retainer. Uh, and that's, that's just something that's so important because when you try to sell that big retainer, you end up just competing with people like me, right? And you're going to be more than likely, you're not going to have the portfolio. You're not going to have the authority. You're not going to have all these things that pre-sell that client. So instead you have to pull different levers. And so a lever that I like to pull for people who are in, let's say you're below $20,000 per month. This is probably be pulling this a lot is just to sell some sort of front end offer. My recommendation is an SEO audit and not just a free audit, a paid audit. It's absolutely critical that it's paid because what you're doing is you're turning, you're turning a lead into a customer. And yes, they're not going to be paying you $2,500 per month right out of the gate, but what you've done is you've changed the dynamic of that relationship. And now they've actually become someone who's handed over their money to you. And now they're waiting to get that audit that they requested, right? And so now what happens is instead of you competing with all the agencies, competition is irrelevant because all that client can focus in on is getting that audit that they paid you for. So now <laughs> that's really the beauty of it. And it's much easier for someone who's, let's say, newer to sales, like you don't have a ton of sales experience it's easier to close an audit than it is to close a $30,000 or $60,000 or $60,000 retainer over the course of a year. So that's my recommendation to start there. And then, you know, where to price it will be largely based on your experience. So if you're brand new, I'd be pricing those things super low, like really, really low, even though the value is much higher, you want, you want the price to the value to be, there should be a big gap between it because uh, it's going to be easier to actually close those deals. And then the long-term goal is, you know, you look at the, you look at the audit as that front end offer on the back end, you're going to close them on full service SEO, which is, you know, actually doing that work for them. Uh, so, you know, that's what my training is all about. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, you know, um, uh, I, I can see that we have something similar, you know, uh, from experience, uh, because for example, in my agency, uh, we spend some time to craft this uh, SEO audit and uh, uh, we provided some uh, automation uh, tools uh, and uh, manual editing uh, and it, it takes uh, around 10-15 minutes to create uh, 
this uh, kind of audit will send to the clients and yeah it helps to sell products as well so yeah right. nice approach yeah it's better to share value first as we mentioned and you know uh chris labot uh, called you SEO legend. Thanks, Chris. Oh, wow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, appreciate but... that. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris is from my original training. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But by the way, yeah, in April 20, we have another SEO legend, uh, Neil Patel. So it will be great to learn from him as well. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love learning from him. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, focusing. For example, many agencies can focus uh, on one direction, like local SEO. I don't know, uh, content marketing, um, uh, gambling, uh, or any other niches. Right. Can you tell uh, how to find the right focus or it's better to provide all services uh, in SEO field? Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's a loaded question. So, there's, you know, there's so many different ways to go about doing that. Um, but so there, there's a few different ways to niche down. We can niche down by the actual like niche or niche down by location. So, you know, you could say you're going to be the number one go-to SEO expert in, in St. Louis. Okay. And that's kind of what I did. I wanted to be the number one guy in St. Louis. And that was my number one objective. Uh, so that's one approach. The other approach is you're going to pick a niche uh, and go like right into personal injury. Or you're going to go into criminal law or you're going to go into uh, endodontists or whatever it is. But the key on that one is you want to pick a niche where, where they have high customer value uh, because you don't want to pick a guy who's you know, selling hot dogs because you're, they're not going to be able to get a return on investment from the retainer that you would want. So we want to look at industries where if you actually drive them more traffic and leads, that that's going to turn into really high paying customers. So in the case of personal injury, obviously everyone wants to get into personal injury because there's just a lot of money there. And, you know, they get one client, it could be worth a hundred thousand, sometimes millions of dollars. So you think about that. I mean, it's pretty intense. Um, and that's why it's so competitive, but there's so many verticals that are like that. Like an endodontist, for example, who does root canals, specializes in root canals. They, um, I think their average ticket value is probably like, you know, 1500 to $2,000 for one visit. I mean, you think about that, it's pretty, it's pretty high. So it'd be easy for you to generate a return on investment for them. So that's what I would be thinking. I was like, where to go is look at, you know, the, the value of that vertical. And there's some businesses are doing this really well. Like you look at uh, rankings.io, who is started by Chris Dreyer, who's my, one of my friends here in St. Louis. They're doing tremendously well. And they only focus on personal injury SEO. They don't do web design. They don't do PPC. They don't do any of that stuff. They just do SEO. Uh, and that's the next part of this equation is, you know, you can pick a niche, but you don't want to just pick a niche and then try to do all the services within that niche because it's just so incredibly difficult to systemize just one thing. I mean, even just our systems for keyword research are so extensive that, I mean, I could probably build a separate course just for keyword research. I mean, it is so, it is so comprehensive uh, just on one little piece of the SEO puzzle. So imagine the whole system and all the parts uh, to be able to do that it's so difficult. So you try to do that across SEO and social media and PPC and web design. I mean, it's like you were going to spread yourself so thin and you'd never be able to compete with a company like mine or Chris's because you don't have that focus. You don't, you can't, you can't really deliver incredible service because you're spread too thin. Um, and at the end of the day, what's going to make the difference between, you know, between you and someone else is going to be the the quality of the service that you can deliver to the client. 
So that's really the, that's what gives you staying power is the quality of service. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer of being very narrow and very focused. And like, if you're going to pick a niche, like, let's say you pick, I don't know, I've been bringing up this example of endodontist, but let's say you pick endodontist and you just completely tap out that niche and you've dominated it. Then it's time to think about branching out, but you don't try to branch out in the beginning when you're just starting out, because that will really drive you crazy. Um, and it's, it, it's a common tendency, common tendency for new entrepreneurs to think they need to attack the broad market, right? They think they need to go after everyone because they think they're going to miss out. It's, you know, fear of missing out. But the truth is when you focus in and you narrow your focus, you actually attract the right people into your, into your world and you close more deals. Uh, and so it's, it's a, it's kind of, you know, it's, uh, it's, weird in that way. Like you, I think when people start out, they think that way, but like the perfect example is Amazon, right? I mean, Amazon started just selling books and now we look at them, they're doing much more than that, but they didn't, they didn't try to do all of that when they just started, they started with just one thing and they did that really well. And then they moved into each of these other parts. So that's the way I think about it. Yeah. Nice. 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 By the way, uh, Chris, uh, uh, was on my show as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he's nice guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, um, let's talk about, uh, more about, um, finding the right people. Um, uh, how to find them? Uh, you know, uh, from my experience, it takes a lot of time, you know, uh, to uh, check out many requests, uh, to filter them out, to interview them. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, we have issues uh, that many people uh, think they know SEO, uh, but they have some obsolete skills um, and they don't want to develop them. It's a big issue. I can't um, tell that everyone uh is on the same boat but yeah we have such issues can you share uh, from your experience how to find the right people uh to check out them analyze and uh, uh yeah and choose the best uh, for your uh, company yeah you're talking about people who can actually execute on the seo campaigns inside yes. your business yeah uh yeah that's that's a uh there's a lot that goes into that that question but for me mm -hmm. I always, you know, I think some people focus so much on skills, but I actually do something that's kind of weird. And I focus in on behaviors. I want to mm -hmm. see certain behaviors that people have. So for example, uh, my lead SEO, Natalia, who works for us, um, before she ever worked for us, she made on her own decision to join Gotcha SEO Academy. So she invested her hard earned dollars mm -hmm. to join Gotcha SEO Academy. So, you know, that's, that's a big, you know, big plus for her right away because it shows me that she's willing to go out on her own and learn on her own, right? So that's a really big quality to have because if if you have, you know, if you take the strengths finder test and you and you say that you're in the learner uh, mindset, to me that's really important. I want to have learners in in my business because they're willing to learn new systems, they're willing to adapt, they're willing to uh, constantly improve. But if they don't consider themselves a learner, that's a little worrisome for me. So I'm looking for behavior. So she she invests in the course. But not only that, she didn't just invest in the courses. A lot of people who invest in courses but don't do anything. In fact, the mm -hmm. average course completion rate is 10%. So for online courses, it's 10%. Uh, and that's a part of the reason why we changed our training because we realized that most people weren't going through the training. And I was like, I was pretty upset by that because I'm like, man, if you just go through the training, you're going to get results. You just need to go through mm -hmm. it. Um, so we changed it. Uh, we actually increased the investment 
And the funny part is when you increase the investment, people care more and people, you know, go through the training. So we have now an 80% completion rate for our training. Um, and so, but at the time she was one of those rare people who actually went through the training and completed it in full and earned her certificate. Uh, and I noticed that I was like, wow, she actually went through, she was applying it. She was participating in the community. She's doing all these things that are good behaviors. I'm not looking at like, is she the most skilled person or whatever that is? I'm looking at behaviors. Uh, and then I put out a listing for uh, a position for SEO coach inside our training program. And she applied. Um, and then she was even, you know, she probably doesn't want me to tell you this, but she, she even was willing to work for free just to prove herself. So I was mm -hmm. like, wow, that's initiative. You know, that's a behavior that most people would not be willing to do. And so it wasn't even that I wanted to just have her work for free. I wasn't excited about that. I was just like, wow, she's willing to do that to prove herself. That's really big. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at behaviors to see where they're, where they are. And the truth is like when she first started, she had a pretty good understanding of SEO, but I knew that if we could bring her in and she could learn the system, um, she could really thrive. And that's exactly what's happened. She, she knows our internal system as well as I do. And that's, that's really like the beauty of it. And going back to, you know, the systems part is like, um, you want to have someone who's a learner, someone who takes initiative, someone who doesn't need to have their hand held. Those are the qualities I'm looking for. But the only way to get to that point is you, everything has to be built around this foundation of a system because it, the way I think about it is I don't think that one person, I mean, of course, you're going to have some people who just aren't going to be great fits and they need to just not be a part of the company. But for the most part, um, I take hundred percent accountability for a team members performance. So if there's something that's not going well, I don't look at them and say, Hey, why is, why is Billy doing such a poor job? I go and look at the system. I say, okay, what in this system is causing Billy to do a poor job? And so then I go back to the system. So everything I think about is going back to that system to see, okay, what can we improve? What can we change to make sure that Billy does an exceptional job? So that's the way I think about it. It's just be really systems dependent, but also find people who just have the right behaviors and are willing to level up and learn within the company. I'm not looking to hire, I'm like, I'm not into the whole idea where you go and find some guru and pay him hundred K per year to come in and, you know, hope that they save everything for you. I'm not into that. I'd rather, I'd rather build people up uh, through my internal systems, learn my framework um, because then everyone's on the same page, right? You don't have one guy's system and another guy's system. And then, you know, it just doesn't work. Right. So that's just the way I do it. Yeah. I agree with that. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, I think, uh, I often, uh, meet something like this when, uh, we cooperate with experts, but they have different approaches. I can't tell that it doesn't work. Yeah. Possibly it works and works well, but right. when we have our system, and uh, yeah, sometimes it's better to learn, uh, to teach someone you know, who can understand uh, our system and can go happy with that. Yeah, agree with that. Yeah, we have yeah. similar issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I have the question about uh, cooperating with uh, remote specialists. For example, mm -hmm. um, uh, you mentioned about uh, focusing. Yeah, it's better to focus uh, in some niches, directions. And for example, uh, I cooperate with uh, a freelancer who earned uh, 700K for six months uh, just uh, replying uh, to the request in Haro, Help of Reporter South. He doesn't do anything else, just to reply and earns you know, really good money, you know, not bad, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, uh, that's why it's crucial today to focus. You know, if you find uh, in one niche, I can be the best, become the best. Why not? By the way, he uh, created backlinks for uh, Brian Dean even. Uh, yeah, so uh, he, he knows. He knows his stuff. Okay. Uh, I, I want to ask about uh, cooperating. For example, in my agency, we can't produce everything. Uh, so uh, we hire other digital marketers, cooperate with them, share projects. Can you tell from your experience how to uh, do you have such things or uh, you just tell clients so we can't do it, uh, find someone else uh, or uh, you cooperate with digital market- marketers who can provide this service? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty extreme, honestly. So I may not be the best example, but like if it's not, mm-hmm. if it's not something we can handle, I just, I send them off to someone else, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. on a referral basis. So, I mean, we have, there are some situations where we'll take on something that is not directly SEO related, but bec- the only reason we'll do it is if it, if it links back to SEO. So for example, we have a client who uh, was on Squarespace. Okay. And I've told them, we're only going to work with you if you're willing to work, move to WordPress. And that was mm-hmm. the requirement. Like I wasn't even going to do SEO unless he moved to WordPress. So in that case, we'll use our developers and our designers to do that, uh, to, you know, to move, make that transition. But that's only because that's directly related to the SEO performance. So all we did is we didn't redesign the site. We just literally took the existing design and basically moved it to WordPress to make it WordPress compatible. And now we're off to the races on the SEO. Uh, so that's the only time, but if someone comes to us and like, Hey, you know, uh, we want you to do SEO, but can you also do our Google ads? I'm like, sorry, can't, can't do the Google ads because to Mm -hmm. me, to me, like even just focusing on something like that, like maybe in the future we will, but right now I just, I just can't, I can't divert our focus from what we need to be doing. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it actually becomes a very powerful sales proposition too. Right. I mean, think about it that, you know, you've probably heard the idea, jack of all trades is a master of none. That's, that's something that I hammer in on, on these sales calls and say, do you want to work with the guy who's doing all these different things and spreading his resources super thin? Or you want to work with a company that only does this This is all we do. We eat, breathe and live this all day. It becomes an easy sell. Right. I mean, because Mm -hmm. come on, it's just, I mean, imagine you, you look at, you look at Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan was incredible at basketball, but as soon as he decided to go play baseball, didn't go, it didn't go super well for him. So these are, these are the things that there's just so many examples of that where companies try to diversify so much that they just, they water down their core offering. Uh, And I think focus and, and having the, the discipline to, to let deals go is actually super beneficial, not only for, you know, your growth, but also even your team members. Like, you know, you don't want your team members jumping from one different thing to the next and nothing's ever really getting done super well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm pretty extreme with that. So if it, if it, if it doesn't apply to what we do, what we do best, I just, I send it off to one of the bigger agencies here in St. Louis, like my, my friend, Rob Timmerman, he, he runs Timmerman group. They do a lot of that because he has the, he's been doing it so long that he has the infrastructure to manage that, right? He has, he can do web design and PPC and all that stuff. So I just sent it to him like you, 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 you can have that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, remember when someone asked me, uh, please help me to find the right course about Google analytics, uh, Google ads, uh, Facebook ads, uh, uh, and many other stuff. I replied to right. him, why, why you need to get all of them? Because I want to know everything. You know, really, guys, I don't uh, know uh, about 
paid marketing. It's another direction. It takes right. time and paid marketers spend so much time to learn it, you know, yeah. to uh, even uh, it's not about learning one time. It's more about developing and improving your skills because we get a lot of new settings, uh, developments from Google. So, yeah, it's better yeah. to pay attention. I agree with that completely. Can you tell more about uh, retaining customers? Uh, because uh, it's not only about acquiring. Yeah, it takes time to find good uh, customers, uh, to compete with others. But it's more essential to retain them longer uh, from your experience, how to do it. Yeah, um, that's actually something we do really, really well. Uh, and that's because we we limit how many clients we're willing to work with at any given time. So, uh, and that's... That, that helps us for a few reasons. First of all, there's a cap because then we can focus on the clients to make sure we're delivering great value for them. But also, uh, it also acts as a marketing vehicle too because uh, when you say, I'm only taking on X amount of clients, that creates some scarcity and urgency, uh, which then makes people want to work with you a little bit more. It shows that you're in demand. Uh, so that's kind of the first part. But the actual like tactical parts, it, it's sometimes it's scary simple, right? And all we do is... Just like every other agency, we do our monthly reporting, which reports on uh, lagging metrics, which are going to be rankings and organic traffic and all those things. Uh, but we also report on lead metrics. So lead metrics are, you know, how many how many pieces of content did we develop? How many links did we acquire? How many pages did we optimize? What technical optimization did we do that month? We're reporting on all that stuff to show that you know we're doing work to produce these lagging metrics because lagging metrics, that's why they're lagging. Cause they're, they're just the outcome of all the previous stuff that you've done. Uh, but on top of that, with our, our monthly reporting, we also, we like to have a lot of touch points. So we're, we're, you know, we're having touch points with the client, you know, at least every two weeks because that's so important. So we do a lot of little things like we'll send over loom videos and just say, Hey, we just did X, Y, Z just wanted to show you this. Uh, and so just a lot of touch points. And that's something I really did horribly when I first started my agency uh, I thought it was all about results. I thought it was like, if I just drive results, then why do I need to talk? Like, I don't need to talk to these clients if I'm driving results, whatever. But then I realized it's actually much more than that. Um, and it's not just about the results. It's also about how they feel and how they perceive the campaign. It's not like, it's not just the raw numbers. It's, it's actually about the perception. Uh, and you think about it, a month is a really long time. Like that is a, in business terms, a month could feel like a year. Right. I mean, it's just it's such an incredibly long time. So um, and so what I've realized is having more touch points and even like in my uh, in my new Gotcha SEO Academy program, I do coaching calls every Tuesday and Thursday. And that may seem excessive, but even when that Thursday call ends and then the next Tuesday comes up, it feels like a month had passed between those calls. But it's just it's it's crazy how many touch points you need to, to retain clients. Um, and the other part is like any opportunity I can get to actually meet up with that person and, and build an in-person connection, I'm going to take it because I know that goes so, such a long way. Um, and so like, you know, I'm meeting with a client in a couple of weeks, he's coming from Texas, coming to St. Louis and we're having lunch together. Like that, those like people, people really underestimate how valuable those things are to build real connections with your clients. And ultimately at the end of the day, you only want to work with clients who you would want to have lunch with. If you don't want to have lunch with them, then they're probably not a good client. Like, honestly, like yeah. if you're like, oh gosh, I don't even want to talk to this guy. Then like, they probably shouldn't be a client in the first place. So that's the way that we do it. 
Uh, North Korean people applaud you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so <laughs> they have no internet, but they applaud. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love it. Love it because uh, uh, I found that uh, what you need to do to talk more with clients. Uh, it's not only about sending them reports one time a month because they feel uh, that agency can forget about them. Just yeah. ask them about anything. It's not about, only about job. Or uh, what kind of help can you provide more? And uh, we found that it's better to give more than we promised. For example, if I promise to send, uh, I don't know, like 100 uh, pitches uh, or uh, uh, 100 uh, outreach emails, I can send 150 if I have time. You know, why not? Right. So give more yeah. and uh, yeah, uh, it works well. And uh, talk to your clients. Don't wait, uh, especially, no, it's interesting because um, uh, according to a few studies, uh, clients only uh, perform 40% of all tasks from SEO specialists, you know, yeah. So if you ask them, uh, what's going on, how I can help you, let's uh, move forward, uh, just ask how, how we can help with that. Uh, right. So, yeah, it works well. Uh, I want to ask another question that I always uh, have. Uh, with my clients, uh, it's a big issue. How to find responsible copywriters? For example, even big companies, uh, I don't know, like a million dollar companies, hundred million dollars, yeah, uh, they pay all their attention to develop and create products. Uh, so, and when they ask them, so please create a landing page, write a blog post, they reply to me, we have no experience with that. We don't know where to find specialists who can do it. From right. your experience, how to help them with that? Yeah, I mean, there, there's two parts to it. The, usually the reason why companies struggle with copywriting in particular is because they don't have any systems to, to do the work correctly. So finding a writer is just one piece of the puzzle. That's only the first stage is you finding the good writer because the real magic happens in the editing and the optimization. So like if you don't have those pieces in place, then it's not going to really work out well, no matter what writer you plug in. So like we've we've proven this many times, like we have... We do a lot of experiments. So we do AI content on one of our websites and uh, that content outperforms writers like it, it every time. And it's not because it, it's not because of the, the writer per se, it's because of the process that happens after that first draft is done. Uh, and so the, the point is, is that you, you have to have the system in place to make sure that that content is well edited. That's really where the magic happens. But as far as finding writers, especially like, let's say you're in a more um, riskier vertical, like your money, your life, something of that nature, then just go right into LinkedIn and start looking for writers. That's one way is to do that. So you look on LinkedIn, reach out to writers, uh, do a test project with them. That's what we do. Uh, or go to a super authoritative website. Like if, let's say you're in the health vertical, uh, you know, bless your soul if you go in there, but, uh, mm-hmm. but go into Healthline and find the writers who are writing for Healthline reach out to them and say, hey, would you be open to writing about X on this website uh, and see what their rates are? The truth is most of these writers are willing to do it uh, for, you know, you'd be surprised. They're not charging as much as you would think, but it's pretty easy to find subject matter experts, at least writers, or at least they've written a lot about that topic. Uh, But LinkedIn or finding authoritative websites, just going right to the bottom, find that author bio, that's worked really well for us. But like I said, 
you can use these content mills. Like there are plenty of content mills that just can, you know, produce tons of content. Uh, but if you just don't have that process in place, it's really not going to work super well. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with that, especially about health uh, niches or medical or financial. Yeah, it's better to cooperate with uh, specialists who know exactly about this topic, even right. in digital marketing. You no, know, for, for example, yeah. in my uh, Ukrainian blog, we usually uh, submit content from marketers. We don't submit content from copywriters who can right. uh, write some uh, awesome text, but uh, without any anything new, without uh, new stuff, because people want to get it, and Google ranks this content well. Yeah, right. it doesn't have that. the. It doesn't have it. Like you can't get the depth and nuance that you could from an expert. So mm-hmm. you got to try to find that that blend between someone who's an expert in their craft, but also a, a decent copywriter, because there's a lot of people who are experts, but they can't write at all. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you got to find that kind of like middle ground, like a good example is like Brian Dean, like he's, he's an SEO expert, but he's also an exceptional copywriter. So he blends both of those crafts really, really well. Um, and so finding someone, I mean, it's, it's hard to find people like that, to be honest. But mm-hmm. uh, but if you can find someone who can write decently and they have some subject matter expertise, that's the best of both worlds. So yeah, you mentioned about AI tools. Uh, I checked them, you know, a few times. We even wrote uh, an article with AI tool, you know, yeah. not bad article. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I think today AI tools are ready to help with writing. But yeah. they can't provide, uh, uh, I don't know, the complete content without editing. So it takes right. time. Um, they work well, especially with structured content. Uh, yeah, you don't need to open many tools just to structure content, to check out a little bit. And yeah, but AI tools are great uh, if you uh, edit. Without right. editing, I, I'm not sure that you can get high yeah. performance. Well, most and most criticism that comes, you know, against the AI tools is because people are just going in there and just letting it auto generate the content. We don't do that. Like our hands are really in there and we're making sure that we're giving it the right inputs to produce the right outputs. And then it goes into our editing process, too. So at the end of it, I mean, honestly, you can't tell the difference between our content that's AI driven and someone who wrote it manually. In fact, we our AI content is better than a lot of these content mills that we've ordered content from. We pay 300 bucks for a piece of content and the AI outperforms it even like even in rankings, the AI outperforms it. Um, nice. And so, you know, it's, it, it's not, it's like, you know, you could, you could, anyone could drive a car, but not everyone's going to be uh, a professional racer. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, it's the, it's not the vehicle. That's the problem. It's, it's the driver. Uh, and so these tools do work, but what you mentioned is absolutely true that it's not, uh, you can't build your whole business around it, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. certain, like in the case of SEO, like I can't really do AI generated content in my vertical because it just, it's too competitive. I have to do something that's very unique and AI couldn't really come up with unique angles uh, to do that. So it is it is dependent on the vertical, but it is, there's a lot of opportunity to uh, use it to supplement your efforts uh, as far as content goes. And it's, it's insanely cheap, like insanely cheap. I mean, we pay, uh, I think the one we're using is Jarvis or what they keep changing their name, Jasper now, I guess. Uh, but 
I think we pay like $90 a month and that thing produces like 10,000 words or some, some ungodly amount of words per month that we can do. Uh, it's, it's pretty hard to not want to do that. I mean, yeah. honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, I think, uh, by the way, I found uh, a few websites that use this, uh, IE content and it works well because, uh, for yeah. example, uh, I think it depends on, uh, uh, competition. For example, if you want to compete with, uh, branding content, you can't overcome no. outrun him with uh, no, no. IE content. But <laughs> That's not yeah, happen. but yeah, <laughs> but for some pages it's possible, really, because uh, I check out competition is low, uh, competitors ignore this content. And uh, for example, um, uh, by the way, we are going to test uh, this out with uh, one client, and um, uh, there are uh, hundred uh, K pages uh, of generated content, and we found that competitors rank well. You know, uh, it's more about right. currency, like. Uh, B2C to USD, B2C to Ethereum, B2C, uh, right, many right, right. pages like this. So, uh, and we found that many, uh, most of these pages are generated. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> they rank well. Yeah, yeah. So I it mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, yeah, it definitely depends on what it will work. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that can't be ignored. And obviously, there's a lot of people who have special interests that don't want it to work. In particular, the whole writing industry doesn't want this to work, but... Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's coming. It's not exactly, it's not perfect by any means. It has a long way to go. Like it's not even close mm -hmm. to being where it needs to be, but I mean, it's pretty scary how good it can actually be. Um, I would, yeah. I would be pretty scared if I was a bad writer, to be honest. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's life, you know, it's life. Yeah. <laughs> the, evolution, evolution. Right. Let's call it. it is, <laughs> it is. Yep. And uh, I remember when Gary Vee uh, proclaimed about this, uh, evolution is uh, going fast. And what you need to do to be creative, if you want to compete with machines, be creative, you know, because machines yeah. can overcome uh, emotions, you know, and 75% uh, of decisions are emotions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ho hopefully they can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> right. Yeah, thanks a lot, Nathan. Yeah, it's a big pleasure. Yeah, welcome yeah, my to pleasure. my show. Yeah, uh, a lot of great answers. Uh, yeah, I enjoy our chat. It's a big fan. I'll convert this episode uh, to audio format. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening and watching us. Uh, and see you next time. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.